Cornerstone family, welcome this morning. Stand and sing with us today.
for who you are. We just praise you, Lord God, for all you do. Amen. I'm thankful that he's always working on our behalf. I'm thankful that he's continually going to battle for us. Aren't you? I'm thankful that he never stops moving on our behalf. Amen. The scripture for today is from Jonah 2, and it says, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up before you into the holy temple. On down to 9, and it's Jonah 2. It says, But I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out on dry land. This word salvation means deliverance prosperity, salvation, or victory. It's Yeshua. It's one of the names of God. Amen. Jonah made a choice that caused him to be in the belly of the whale. But when he came back to the Lord and said he was sorry and began to offer praise and thanks, he was let go. He was put out. He was released. Amen. I feel like the Lord's saying today, there's some of us that have made decisions, decisions that weren't good, decisions that were poor, decisions that have put us in places that feel like pits places that feel like the seas are billowing over us and the seaweed is around us and the enemy's saying there's no way out there's no way out you've done it now but I want to say to you that God says there is a way because he's a God of second chance this is what he said to say I'm a God of second chance tell them I have not left them nor forsaken them I still have a plan God was showing me that he's about to move in and pull some people out of those places that you feel like you can't come out of. He's about to move in and reach and pull you out because the enemy's lying and telling you that you've gone too far, that you're not worthy, that, that it's too late. But God says, no, it's not too late. Amen. just welcome his presence here today can we just acknowledge him oh Jesus we love you Jesus we love you we love you Lord you are a holy God we honor you this morning Lord praise you father we bless your holy name we bless your holy name thank you father is finished the end is great 
Come on, does Jesus change everything? Come on, has he changed you? Has he saved you? Has he brought you out? Has he healed you? Come on, you ought to lift your voice in this house this morning. You ought to lift your hands in this house this morning. I don't want to legislate your praise this morning. But he changes when Jesus shows up on the scene. Things begin to change. And we say, Jesus, you are invited in this house this morning. Amen. Come on and give him praise. Come on and give him praise. Show us your glory. Show us your glory. Let me tell you something about our God. When you ask him, he'll give generously. So when you come into the house and you say, God, show us your glory. And you put your agenda aside and you say, God, show me who you are. He says, let me show you. And he begins to pour out blessings. Come on, can you stretch your hands towards heaven this morning? I don't know. I'm feeling the Holy Spirit. Is that all right? Show us your glory, Lord. Like Moses cried on the mountain, show us your glory. God, we don't need programs. God, we don't need more government. God, we don't need anything but you. Because, God, when you walk in on the scene, God, things change. Lives are changed. People are healed. People are delivered. People are saved. And we say, God, you are welcome here. You are welcome here. You are welcome here. Holy Spirit, move right now. Just move up and down this, in this corridors of this building today, God. God, we surrender our hearts today. Lord, we love you. Lord, we honor you. Lord, we praise your name. God, we didn't come just to, to go through the motions, but Lord, we've come to seek your face. God, show us who you are. God, remind us, God, maybe some of us have become complacent, but remind us of who you are. We honor you, God. We praise your name. We give you glory and honor and to the name of Jesus Christ. Come on and give Jesus, the head of the church, a hand clap of praise. Come on, give him your best praise. Hallelujah. Come on. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. Chains fall. Fear is going to bow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. If you can, look at your neighbor. Give him a fist bump and say, God is in the house. Amen. Look at the neighbor on the other side, which you don't like as much, and give them a fist bump and say, God is in the house. Amen. You may be seated. And we're going to go ahead and dismiss our children.
to their class today. Uh, you guys are on. Let's give our kids a hand clap as they work. They go on out. Come on, let's give them a bigger hand than that. Yeah. It's a good-looking group right there, and I bet you they are going to have a lot of fun and a lot of fun in their class today. I want to say happy Grandparents' Day. Can you do me a favor? If you are a grandparent, will you stand to your feet if you can? I didn't, that wasn't in a mean way. Come on, let's give our grandparents a hand clap this morning. I'm going to sit down because I don't have any grandkids. Uh, but everyone tells me that once you have grandkids, you wish you would have just skipped over your kids and go straight to your grandkids. That's what I'm like. Is that true? That's, uh, no, it's not true. Some say yes, some say no. I don't know. Uh, but uh, we want to say we honor all of our grandparents, and uh, if it wasn't for my grandparents, I wouldn't be here today. So I honor you today, and so I'm thankful for my grandparents, and uh, you guys uh, are, have done a great job raising your kids, and, uh, you're, and maybe some of you are raising even some of your grandkids, and that happens from time to time. But, uh, but we say we honor you today, and uh, maybe you can go out and... Get off the 55 and over at Denny's today. So if that's, if that's your prerogative, oh no. Uh, but we, we say happy Grandparents Day. It is such an honor to be here. I want to also, I think I missed something here, uh, dismiss uh, the transition class for youth from 6th grade uh, going into 7th grade. I don't know if they may have already left. But if you're, if you're still in here, you can go right now. And I catch up with uh, uh, Matt and Brittany and uh, they're going to be doing a transition class for you guys this morning. Are you happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Yes. Uh, I tell you what, it's been an eventful week for us. Uh, you know what? We, we actually uh, closed on our house this week. And uh, we are working on getting our permanent uh, address. And once I get my license changed, I guess that will make me an Indiana resident. So I, we're excited about that. And uh, we, are, we are so glad to be here. It's been an eventful week. We've, we've been going and getting a lot done and trying to get the kids enrolled in school. And uh, just a lot of, lot of things quickly happening. But uh, we know that God is on the move. Amen. And uh, we, we believe that, and we know that God has got great things. Do you believe that God has great things for this house? I, do, I believe that. I believe that. Um, we talked last week a little bit about uh, Joshua, well, all, of, all the way about Joshua and the children of Israel crossing the, I'm going to give you a little recap real fast, uh, crossing the river uh, Jordan and how God made a way and how God, uh, you know, had given them instruction and how they followed them. And how they went from 40 years of wandering in the desert and within just a few, or like literally a week, they went from there into the promised land that God had given them. And I believe that God has a promise for this house. And I believe God has a promise for your life. You say, well, uh, I'm a little bit older. Well, let me tell you, God still has a promise for you. Amen? And I, I'm a firm believer in that. And... Um, 
But today, I want to kind of piggyback off a little bit about what I talked about last week. And we're going to kind of stay in this vein until the Lord tells me to do something different. Um, I want to talk to you today on this uh, simple subject of when there is a wall. Everyone say, when there is a wall. And if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in uh, Joshua chapter 5. And if you have your Bible, hold it up for me. Show me you brought your Bible this morning. All right, good. Joshua chapter 5. And if you didn't bring your physical Bible, you brought your phone, that's good too. Uh, just, I'm just going to say this. This one's never ran out of batteries. I'm just going to point that out. I never have to charge that one up, so I, I'm just teasing. Joshua chapter 5. We're going to start verse 13. When you have it, say amen. You guys look good today. You guys all look good. Everyone say, I know. <laughs> Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. It says this. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked. And behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, no. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped. And he said to him, what does the Lord say to his servant? I think we can learn something from Joshua right there. What does the Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take your, sandals, your sandal off your foot. Uh, for the, the place where you stand is holy, and Joshua did so. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for your presence this morning. God, I'm, I'm grateful for the presence of the Lord that I feel in this place. Uh, I ask, Lord, that your spirit would go before me, Lord, that it would lead and guide us today. Lord, that you would soften hearts this morning. Lord, that you would uh, do what only you can do. God, help me to get out of the way this morning. God, use me how you see fit. Lord, in your name we pray, and everyone said, amen. When there's a wall. You know, walls are, uh, we need walls in our lives at certain moments, right? Walls are dividers. Right now, there are walls that are separating us from the kids' room where there's probably a lot of, uh, you know, stuff going on over there. And if we didn't have walls in this building, it would look like a big old pole barn and we'd be open sanctuary, right? And we'd be able to see everything, right? It's really interesting. But walls separate each individual room. Have you, has anyone ever hit a wall? Maybe you've, you've driven into a wall. Uh, no? No? Anybody ever ran into a wall? Anything like that? I think we've... Uh, uh, what about this? Maybe you were exercising or you're working and, and maybe you didn't hit the, a real physical wall, but you hit a wall emotionally or a wall spiritually. Anybody ever been there? Uh, one time, uh, my, I have brother-in-laws in California, and uh, they are on this quest to climb all the mountains that are 14,000 feet and higher. Well, I got the great uh, invite to go with them on one of those excursions, and uh, I didn't know what I signed up for. I'm going to be honest with you. And uh, we, we left, and I had, we hiked in, um, and we started at about 5,000 feet. We hiked in. I want to say seven miles, and we went up to 10,000 feet elevation. Has anybody ever, ever went where you're hiking up into that? And uh, 
quickly as I got higher and higher, I'm carrying this pack, which was about 80 pounds, was my sleeping bag and all kinds of stuff in there. As we got higher and higher, it got a little bit harder and harder. So the next day, they said, we're going to try to go reach the peak of the mountain. So we're at 10,000 feet. So we had another like 14,000, or not 14,000. We weren't climbing Everest. Another 4,000 feet to go uh, the next day. And so throughout the night, I got something that I had never experienced before, and that was I got elevation sickness. Anybody been ha ever had elevation sickness? It was terrible. Uh, I have never felt so bad in all my life, and uh, everything that you should do, you don't feel like doing. They say you should drink water. Guess what? You don't feel like. They say you should eat. You don't feel like eating because you feel like you're, you're, you're nauseous and you're gonna, you're gonna throw up. And so, in the process of this, they, they wake me up the next day. They say, they tell me, they say you gotta eat, TJ. You gotta eat. And I'm just, just trying my best to eat. And we started climbing. They put the slow man in front for some reason, I guess, just to keep the pace where I can handle where they're not getting away from me. And in the process of going up the mountain, I just, I just hit a wall. And I just couldn't go any further because my body was not acclimated to what, I, what, what it was, the altitude up there. And, uh, and I remember they call it, uh, they have a word for it, we call it bonking. It's just where you just, you're physically done. You're mentally done, and you just can't go any further. Has anyone ever been there before? I was there that day, and I, I just couldn't go any further. Finally, they just left me on the side of the trail and went on ahead without me. And I'm okay. I'm, I, it's all right. Sometimes you just got sometimes you just got to be left on the side of the trail. That was my case that day. Um, but I hit, a, I hit a massive wall that day that I'd never experienced before. I could hear myself breathing as I was walking at 12,000 feet, 12,500 12, feet. I could hear my heartbeat right here in my ears. It was, a, it was an out-of-body experience like I'd never heard before. It seemed like every breath was, was super hard. And, um, but anyways, I'm here, so I made it. I didn't die. Um, but it was crazy. The, the quicker I came down, the, the faster I went back to normal. When I got back down to 5,000 feet, man, I was hungry again. I was ready to go. I was like, it was like nothing had ever happened. It was interesting. But I hit a wall. And have you ever hit a wall where you just said, you know what? I can't handle this anymore. Maybe in a relationship. Maybe that wall looks like that with your spouse. Maybe you're struggling with your spouse right now. And you walk in from work and you say, I just can't handle this anymore. And Joshua here, they had just crossed the Jordan River into the promised land. And I believe that Joshua, when we look at the children of Israel here, it is like, if you read the book of Joshua, it is like, uh, you, can, you can compare it to walking in the spirit-filled life. And then what do you say, what do you mean by that? Me, being filled with the Holy Spirit as you walk. Uh, what they did, they went places that they had never gone before. They, they attempted things that they had never done before. Once they got into the promised land, look at this. They crossed, God did an amazing uh, miracle at the, at the Jordan River. But the very first thing that they come in contact with is this fortified city called Jericho, which is just is known for its walls basically and the reason this city was so important is because if they could take this city they knew they had no one on their tail at this point and they could go through and get what God has promised you and sometimes in our walk God can do the miraculous and we step across something amazing has God ever done anything amazing in your life anybody all right, and, and God does that miracle and we go to step across and we get there and boom 
There's a next, next problem, right? Next trial. And so here they are, the children of Israel, right there looking at a fortified city with massive walls, walls that were believed to have been five to six feet wide, made of stone. And most scholars believe that. And, and they were 12 to uh, 17 feet tall. That's a lot of stonework. Now, there's some people that work in, in the limestone quarries here, right? And that's a lot of stone, isn't it? And that's a lot of weight. But they had built this, this place. It was a fortified place. How about you today? In your walk with the Lord, do you find yourself stepping into the promises of God in your life only to just turn around and feel like, man, God, you did this for me, and now this is in front of me. And God never said, hey, you're just going to walk in. It's going to be a cakewalk once you go into the promised land, right? God never promised them that. He said, I've given that land to you, but you're going to go in and you're going to take it. And sometimes you have to go in and take it, right? It's like sometimes on Black Friday, you got to go in there and take it before the next person gets it, right? All right, I'm, now I'm on your level, some of you, all right? <laughs> but have you ever been there spiritually? Oh, maybe this, maybe you're dealing with the wall of doubt. Have you ever dealt with doubt in your walk with God? Have you ever thought, oh, God, are you there? Are you hearing me? Are you listening to me? Do you see my need? Do you even know that I'm here? Anybody ever thought that? Maybe it's a wall of pride. That's not one we like to talk about, right? Right in the middle of pride is I, right? (laughs) Maybe it's a wall of pride. Maybe you're a know-it-all. You know everything, and no one can tell you any different, but... I don't know. That might be your wall. What about this? A wall of depression. Something that's plagued a generation today, Generation Z especially, is is anxiety and depression. It's at at a a level that is just, it's crazy right now. Uh, What about this? A wall in your marriage or a wall in your job. A wall, what about this? This happens too. A wall in your church. I don't like what they're doing. Right? You're like, whoa, you're treading on, on crazy ground right now. What about this? And this, I think we can all look at a wall in our country. Is there a divide between people right now? There's this group, and then there's this group, and this group, you can't be friends with this group, because if you're friends with this group, then you might be civil, right? But you don't believe like me, so I can't talk to you, and I can't be your friend on Social media, I don't know where I'm going. I need to stop meddling right now, okay? But there's a wall. But there are a lot of dividers in our nation, and sometimes walls are good, right? I'll give you an example. I'm glad that there's a wall between my bathroom and my kitchen in my house. Sometimes walls are okay. That's one of the instances where a wall is good. But spiritually speaking, walls are usually not good. Spiritually speaking, and so I want to talk to you about that. When there is a wall, and I'm here to declare today to you today that uh, when you walk in the promises of God, there's going to be moments where you have the miraculous happen in your life, but then you're going to come up to something, and it's going to feel like, now how do I get past this huge event, right? Um, the promised land was, uh, is great, but what we need to know is the wall, there's, there's some, oftentimes there's walls in our ways. And here's what you need to know. Now, as a Christian, as a believer, we should know this. But oftentimes we forget this. You know, if you're dealing with a spiritual wall, you can't knock it down 
in your own physical strength, in your own physical mind, in your own physical ability. Some things are just spiritual, right? We are flesh and blood, but we also are our spirit. Scripture tells us that. And Ephesians 6.12, it simply says this, For we do not wrestle against what? Flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So that tells me, and Paul's smart there because Paul says some battles you just can't deal with by yourself. Your mind is finite. There's moments where your mind and your wisdom can't get you through a spiritual situation. I think God gives us wisdom, but we have to learn to trust. And, and that's what I'm talking about. That spirit-filled life means that, hey, I'm going to follow the leading of the Lord. I'm going to follow the steps that the Spirit is leading. I'm going to do what the Spirit of God. And that means when we go to that realm, when we're following the Spirit of God, we talked about it. When Jesus gets involved in our situation, chains fall, right? Fear bows. Some of those things only Jesus can deal with. And a lot of times it's our own physical and our own ability. We try to do those things. And let me tell you, when that happens, I get frustrated. And I can always tell when I'm trying to fight a spiritual battle in my own power because I become frustrated. Has anybody ever done that? Anybody agree with me on that? And I have to stop and go, why am I so frustrated? And I'm like, because I'm trying to fight a battle that I, me, TJ, physically cannot fight. But me and the Lord are able to fight that battle. So we as a people have to learn to trust God like, never, like we never have before. The, and here's what we know. The promise that God has for this house, it's ours. We just got to go get it. Right? It's ours. We got to go get it. So... And here's what we need to know, and, th and this is something. So if there is a wall in our life, this is what we need to do. Number one, we need to identify it. We need to look at it. We need to see that this thing is keeping me from the promise of God. We need to look at it, identify it. We need to address it, and we need to just allow God to do what he's going to do. So I want to talk to you in this, in the life of Joshua, and I believe there's so many great truths, especially if we're talking about the spirit-filled life in Joshua and the children of Israel, right, in this point in, in history here. In the life of Joshua, I believe we see three elements that deal directly with the walls of separation that can keep us from the heart uh, of the promised land. And, uh, and these are, I'm going to, we're going to go through these really, really, really quick this morning. So... All right, everyone say, come on, TJ, let's go through them quick. All right, good deal. So here's what I want to talk about. Here's the first thing. Number one, everyone say number one. Submit to the Lord. Everyone say it. Can I tell you something about submitting? Submission is voluntary. I just said a mouthful right there. Now, that's a good tweet right there. Submission is, is, volu is voluntary. You can either choose to do it or you can choose not to do it. You know how I know that? Because I have kids, and sometimes they'll do what mom and dad say, and then sometimes they won't do what mom and dad say, right? All the parents in the house said amen. You know, when you join the military... I, I didn't serve in the military, and if you did, you could probably vouch for this. Uh, 
when you go into the military, submission is not voluntary, or you don't have to submit, but you're going to at some point. They're going to break you down to where you will voluntarily do whatever they ask you to do, right? But why is that so hard for us? When we talk about submission, why is that so hard for us? Because it's, it goes against our human nature. Because deep down inside, we want to control us. And I don't want that drill sergeant telling me what to do. What do you mean, get down and give me a hundred? And then he will. He'll let you know, right? But it goes against our human nature. And here's what we know. I mean, you know, I was talking about people in the military. They learn that submitting to a higher authority, guess what? It advances them quicker when they do what, the, what, the, what their commanding officer tells them to do. Guess what? That commanding officer takes notice of that and says, that, that's a good soldier. That's a good, that's a good leader. They're, they're following what I'm telling them. So they, they, they have room for advancement. Same thing for us in the kingdom of God. When we submit to what God has asked us to do and what God has, has prepared for us to do, guess what? It advances us. God says, hey, that's a good leader. That's a good person. I'm going to give them a little bit more. I'm going to advance them, right? Not my will. You know, remember Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said this, not my will, but yours. Here's Jesus, part of the Godhead, creator of the universe, submitting in his human form to God the Father. Boy, if that isn't a lesson learned, if you can't submit after that, I don't know what to tell you, right? But to submit is this. It's the greatest act of humility. And I like this, 1 Peter 5, uh, uh, 5 says this, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Maybe there's a wall in your life because maybe God is pushing you away because of pride. Whew. I know it's quiet in here, but this is good. James 4, 7 says this, therefore what? Submit to God, right? Submit to God, resist the devil, and then he will flee from you. So there's twofold things there. If you're dealing with temptation, this is basically, this scripture is dealing with temptation. But if you submit to God first and then flee from the devil... Guess what? He, he, you know, he said, or, or, or you submit to God, resist the devil, then he will flee from you. I'm sorry, I got my, my words mixed up there. And so there's something when we say submission and we say submit to God, humility, usually humility and submitting to God go hand in hand. It's, it's true. So here's Gen General Joshua, because he is the leader of the, over the Israelites here, and he's scoping out the city of Jericho, which was known for its great walls. And, and here he is going down the road, and he runs into a man. Now, this is, um, this is crazy, because here he is, a commander, and I think he's pretty brave, because he goes straight up to this guy. This guy had a sword drawn, and Joshua walks right up to him, and he's like, Are you a friend, or are you a foe? Most of us wouldn't want to run up to someone that had a gun drawn and say, are you a friend or are you a foe, right? But he goes straight up to him, and he, he basically says this, whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? And, and this is crazy to me because um, this is very perplexing to me because, man, how he answers this and I, how this man answers this, and he says, hey, are you a friend or a foe? And the man simply answers this like this. He says, no. 
right? Uh, it was not a yes or no question. <laughs> That's what I would have yelled. He says, are you a friend or foe? And he says, no. And you know what? You ought to underline that in your Bible because that's unique. He says, no. He says, no. And he says, whose side are you on? Are you an enemy or are you a friend? No. And the reason I look at that and I think, man, that's perplexing. Why would you answer a, I don't know how you would word that question. It's not a yes or no question. It's a this or that question, I guess, and then he answers it in a yes or no way and just says no. Only God can answer a question like that in that, in that way, literally, literally. Now, so I want, I want to tell you a little about, about what's going on in this, this, this scripture here. I, now, many believe this, and, and some scholars believe that this was an angel, and some scholars believe that this was uh, a, what we call a Christophany or a Christ incarnate in the old testament coming before he was a babe in bethlehem but showed up on the scene there's a couple of examples that i can give you uh when jacob wrestled uh the angel of the lord okay there's one and then uh another example is this one right here where where joshua and they believe that this is christ now i i you know my personal belief i believe that this is is christ and i'll explain to you why here in just a minute there's a couple things i want to point out but it's funny to me that here's Joshua, and he's interrogating this guy who he's never seen before, and he's got a sword drawn. Are you with us? Or are you against us? No. And not sure what's this, but the man says this, I am the captain of the Lord's army. Now that makes you stop and think. So there's a no. I'm not going to answer your question yes or no, or I'm, I'm not going to answer the way that you want me to. I'm going to answer it the way I want to. It sounds like God to me. And anyways, so he says, I'm the captain of the Lord's army, and, and I told you that. And I believe that this 100%, that this is at the end of that scripture, it says that Joshua saw this man, and he fell, and he worshipped him. Now, notice this. Now, I believe, and this is where my belief is, I believe that this was a Christ, a Christophany or Christ in the Old Testament, basically being on the scene. And the reason why is because Joshua fell and worshipped him. And now angels do not allow humans or us to worship them. They always point everything towards God. And you notice the man doesn't stop Joshua from worshipping him. So that's, that's, that's my little stance. You can go look that up. You can study that if you want. But that's my personal opinion, okay? Um, not that you wanted that, but you got it today. There's two cents extra right there. So let me ask you this. What are you saying to the Lord today? Are you looking ahead and you're saying, God, are you, are you with me or are you against me? You ever said that? I felt that way before. If, and here's what we need to know. If we are to advance in the promised land, the spirit-filled life, we have to, number one, and this is what I love about Joshua here. He realizes really fast when he says, I'm the commander of the Lord's army. He goes, and just begins to worship. It's pretty amazing to me. I think we can learn a lot from Joshua in that moment. And there's so many things. I used to think, uh, you know, and I believe, how many believe that, that, that we live by faith? The scripture tells us that we live by faith, right? Faith is important. Um, but oftentimes in our lives, I think sometimes we live by faith in faith and not faith in God. 
now you're like, whoa, what did you just say there? And I, I'll explain that to you. Uh, oftentimes we believe in faith in faith and not faith in God. Sometimes if we're not careful, we'll put our faith in our faith. When the scripture tells us time and time again, don't put your faith in faith and what you believe. Put faith in God. Okay? And uh, I'll give you an example just to kind of clear that up. You're like, well, that's super muddy, TJ. I'll, I'll give you an example to clear that up. You know, there was, a, there was a movement in the late 70s and 80s, and it was a, the name it, claim it kind of thing where you would go in and you would just, you would, you know, they would say, if you want that car, you go in faith and you just say that is your car, right? And you would do that. But I, I think if we're not careful, we'll miscarry faith in God, and, and it turns into faith into faith versus faith in God, whereas faith in God says this, just like Jesus, Lord, not my will, your will be done. Now, I'm hoping that you'll give me the car, but if that's not your will, I'm okay with that. Are you guys with me? All right, all right, we're treading deep ground right now. We're getting there. We're, we're, we're tilling some deep soil. Uh, and here's what we need to know in those moments, and it's not easy, but you got to submit to the Lord, just like Joshua. He did here. Now, I don't know about you. I have not been walking down the road and saw a man with a sword and, and submitted to God in that way. Maybe you've had that experience. I haven't had that experience. It'd be pretty cool to have that experience. I'm not going to lie. If it's your will, Lord. And this. So let's look at this. Uh, in chapter 6, it says this. Moving on. Everyone say, submit to the Lord. Submit to the Lord. You know, I, I want to go back here. I, I used to think that prayer and faith was God, and, and I, this might clear up a little bit. Here's my plan. Can you bless it? Right? But here's the problem with that is I know this in 1 Corinthians 13, 12. It says that, that we see through a glass only darkly at best. So here's the thing. Who am I? to tell the creator of the universe, the creator of all mankind, my plans. In retrospect, I, and Jesus had it right. Lord, not my will. Thy will be done. And so, anyways, everyone say, submit to the Lord. All right. Chapter 6, verse 1 says this. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. They were under siege. They were just there. They just had everybody there. And, and I might add this. The people of Jericho knew. They had heard of the people of Israel, and they were shaking in their boots. You know what scares the enemy? When they know that you're coming towards them. They may have strong walls, and there may be things that are big, and they seem unsurmountable in front of you. But can I tell you, you serve a big God. And when we, like I talked about last week, when we go on the offensive, the enemy starts shaking. So that's where the people of Jericho were. And the Lord said to Joshua, look at this. See, I have given Jericho into your hands, its kings and its mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once, and this you shall do for six days. So here's number two. Number two, point number two, or point number one, submit to the Lord. I want to say it again, submit to the Lord. Number two is wait for the Lord. Everyone say, wait for the Lord. Does anybody have uh, patient 
hurts, issues in your life. I'm going to tell you, that extra three seconds at the stoplight kills me. Go! What shade of green are you waiting on, right? I, Lord, help me with my road rage, right? I've noticed since I've been here, I drive like a Californian person because I'm in a hurry everywhere I go. And I'm like, people are probably like, let this guy buy us. But he's in a hurry. Obviously, he must be going to the hospital. And I have to slow down. Patience, right? Uh, what about this? Yeah, nothing will test your patience like when you have to wait an extra 10 minutes for the restaurant to bring your food. Listen, I'm not hungry anymore. I'm hangry. Right? Anybody struggle with patience and waiting on the Lord? Man, I don't like waiting. You know, uh, I used to love to go to amusement parks. The older I get, the more I think about waiting in line and not the ride itself. I spent eight hours waiting to ride four rides. It was an amazing day. Right? But we live in a society that, that is instant gratification, right? We have microwaves, everything's super fast. Matter of fact, if you, uh, the, the one thing that is worth waiting for is when you, when you, when you smoke meat, that's, that's worth the wait. Thank you, Jesus, right? All the barbecuers said amen. Um, but we live in a society where we, we want instant gratification. I'll give you an example. During, during the um, quarantine and pandemic, did anybody order anything off of Amazon during that time frame? And you didn't get it in your prime two-day, and you were going, what is wrong with Amazon? It is broken. I ordered that, and I'm going to get it next week, and it should have been here yesterday. Anybody do that? Come on, be honest. All right, okay. All right, good, good. You know, they say admitting it is the first step to deliverance, right? But honestly, waiting can be so tough. And uh, sometimes our, our plans, and we think that plans should go this specific way, when God says, no, 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 you're just going to have to wait this one out. And it's not easy spiritually, right? So Joshua has... The plan, but it literally is this, simply this. It's just go around the city one time a day. Seems like a powerful thing to do, right, as a military leader. Seems like you can't think of a better idea to take out a fortified city. Just walk around the city one time. Every day for six days, congregation of Israel, they marched around the city. Can you imagine when Joshua went to his generals and his leaders and he said, so this is what we're going to do? Um... Put the weapons away. Um, we're going to walk around the city one time. And uh, then we're going to stop. Then we're going to get up again the next day. And we're going to walk around the city. We're going to do that six times. And, uh, and then we're just going to follow the leading of the Lord. I'm sure his, mil his, his, his leaders were probably thinking, uh, Joshua, you sick? You've been in the desert too long? You, you okay? Because this is not a way that, we're, we, is, that we can take this city. But this is what I need you to know, and this is what we need to understand. Listen, listen to me, listen to me. Before a season of the miraculous, there has to be a season of helplessness. 
I'll say that again. Before a season of the miraculous, there has to be a season of helplessness. Do you, not that the children of Israel, not the people of Israel were helpless in that moment. But honestly, what they were doing was probably not that intimidating to the people of Jericho. Has anyone ever seen the, the uh, maybe, maybe you haven't, the VeggieTale version of, of the walls of Jericho, right? And they've got the little beans up there that are like, like screaming at the people of Israel as they're walking around. You need to watch it if you haven't seen it. I'm trying. It's Anyways, but you think about that. But, but really, if you think about how they approached that, it was probably, probably felt pretty helpless to those great warriors and those guys who are ready to go into battle. It's like taking the Navy SEALs and saying, all right, guys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to walk around this compound every day. Really, it's really not that scary, right? And it must have been super mind-blowing to those leaders. We'll walk around this city, and then we'll shout, what? But, you know, waiting can seem crazy to us, right? It, it sometimes seems crazy. It may, it may take six days. It may take six weeks. It may take six months, six years, 60 years. But here's what we need to know. When God sees us submitted to him and waiting on him, then out of nowhere, there's a breakthrough. There is. Notice this, the children of Israel really didn't have to do a whole lot on their own power. All they had to do was just obey what God had told them to do. It's pretty amazing, right? So, and some people may look at it and say, man, it is ludicrous to wait. It's ludicrous to wait. And maybe you're in a season of, of transition in your life, or maybe you're, you're moving from jobs or, or whatever the case. I don't know what your situation is. Can I tell you something? There is... There is a lot of power in the process of waiting on God. You don't want to move ahead of God, and you don't want to fall behind God, but you just wait on God. And you keep your eyes on what God is telling you, the Spirit of God, and say, okay, he's moving. Let's go. Let's go. Right? Psalms 27, uh, 14 says this, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall, what? Strengthen your heart. And I like this. The psalmist wrote this, wait. I say on the Lord. He tells them at the beginning, and then he tells them at the, at the end there. And what I've learned in Scripture, if it says it one time, pay attention. If it says it two times, you really ought to take it to heart. And if it says it three times, just do it, right? Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. Look at the end of that. There is an exclamation mark at the end of that. He's saying it like this. Wait on the Lord. Isaiah says this in, in chapter 40, verse 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall what? What will they do with their strength? Oh, maybe you're spiritually tired. Wait on the Lord. They shall what? Mount up with wings like eagles. I want to fly like an eagle, God. I think I'll wait. I'm tired of being a chicken, right? They shall run and not be weary. Takes me back to when I was a teenager. And they shall walk and not faint. I pray that we can be like Joshua. Not only can we submit to God, but we can wait and we can watch his plan unfold in our lives. And I believe that as a church, if we submit and we learn to wait, that God will begin to unfold the plan that he has for this house. Do you believe that? Amen. I believe that. Everyone say, wait on the Lord. Number three, believe in the Lord. You guys can play. 
Believe in the Lord. Everyone say, believe in the Lord. Joshua chapter 6, verse, verse 2 said this. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. Everyone say, see with an exclamation mark there. See? He's kind of like, see? I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. So basically what he's saying there to Joshua and the children of Israel is, hey, I have already got this taken care of. Submit, wait, believe. Submit, wait, believe. Lord, you're going to knock this wall down. I believe that the children of Israel, they didn't know what was probably going to happen. They are just like, okay, we're just going to follow Joshua here. We're going to do what he said. We're going to trust him. We just crossed a crazy river, so just maybe God will do something amazing here, right? I want you to think back to the times in your life where you watch God do the miraculous in your life. You watch God do uh, do great things in your life. And think back, if God did it then, God will do it again. If God healed this person, he'll heal you. If God delivered this person, he'll deliver you. If God brought this person out of financial trouble, he'll bring you out of financial trouble. Because I say, how do you know that? Because the scripture tells us that God is not a respecter of person. So if he did it for Joshua and the children of Israel, he'll do it for you today. Amen. Joshua 6. Verses 4 and 5 says this, and, and seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout. Everyone say Shout with a great shout and the wall of the city will fall down flat and the people shall go up every man straight before him can I tell you this listen to me listen to me victory comes in the shout not in the pout victory comes in the shout not in the pout I don't know about you but this is where I am when I'm waiting on the Lord care about me God I'm struggling you guys noticing me over here oh yeah you know but there's victory in the shout not in the pout and maybe you say hey this wall's been here and this has been bad and I just can't deal with this anymore stop pouting about it start shouting about it God, I've submitted. God, I've waited. It's been a long time, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and I haven't seen it. But God, guess what? I'm going to still believe that this wall is going to fall. And this is what they did. Oh, well, here's a good example. Don't be an Eeyore. Anybody, uh, uh, I, I guess I like cartoons today. Don't be Eeyore. You know Eeyore, the, the, the donkey from... Uh, Winnie the Pooh, right? Oh, he's like, ooh, he's always sad and gloomy. Don't be Eeyore. Be the opposite of Eeyore. We can all, there's plenty of people that talk about how bad they have it. Be the opposite of that. Be the, hey, stop talking about your problems. Start talking about how good your God is. 
Start telling your problem how good your God is. Instead of telling God about your problem, why don't you tell your problem about your God? Amen? And here's the thing. I think sometimes we get in this, it, it happens. It's life. We're human. We, we do this. We get in this terrible place where we get down and it's like we want a little bit of attention. Honestly, we've all been there, right? We've all had those moments. Well, I'm going to tell you about my sad story right now. And have you ever been around people when one person tells a sad story and that's, well, you think that's bad. I've, this happened to me. And I'm like, get out of here. I don't want to talk to you guys. I want to hear your sad stories. But they shouted before the walls fell. They did. And here, this is an important, this is an important thing. And I think there's so many things valuable in the Old Testament that are, that, that they move to the New Testament, they show us. But this is a principle in the Old Testament that I think we can learn and we, that exists today in what we call the New Testament church where we are today is this, is simply this, is we have to praise and we have to worship before we even know the answer. Amen. Oh, that's not easy. I know it's not easy. I know that's tough. But this, they shouted before the, before the walls fell. And faith in God makes us shout or rejoice before we have the answer. I don't know the answer, but I believe in the God who has the answer. Amen? I don't know the answer, but I believe in the God who has the answer, who will answer. Right? And I believe many of you have been waiting and been in a waiting season and you may be growing weary. But I, can, I want to encourage you today to keep believing that, that what you heard God speak into your life years ago, guess what? It will come to pass. You just might have to wait. But don't stop believing. Little journey right there. Some of you got that good. All right. But the shout was a proclamation of faith that the wall was going to come down. See, we all know the story that the priests, they blew the ram's horns and the trumpets, and the people of Israel, they just begin to shout, and the walls begin to come down. Look at this. Psalms 27, 13 says this. And this is what the psalmist says, David. He says this. I would have lost heart. Listen to me. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of of the living submit wait believe submit wait believe submit wait believe and david said it best right there i would have lost my i would have just given up if i hadn't believed that god was going to take me to the land of the living amen and maybe you're believing for something today and maybe you're just believing it. And I, I'm here to encourage you today. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to move on your behalf this morning. Listen, I don't know what you may be facing in your life. There are people from all walks of life in this house today. And I've only known you for about a week. So I definitely don't know much about everybody's lives. And I don't know what you're facing. And I'm not sure what may be, what may be keeping you from taking the promise that God has given you. I don't know if that's depression. I don't know if that's your job. I don't know if that's your relationship. I don't know if that's a failure from the past. And I don't have a clue where you may be in the process of your faith. 
And maybe you haven't fully submitted to the, your life to the Lord, but can I tell you this? Today is the day of salvation. Amen. Can you bow your heads with me all across this building? If you're here, I want to tell you about a man. And this man's name is Jesus. Scripture tells us that Jesus came from heaven and dwelt on this earth. Was was God, but came and dwelt as a man, lived like a man, felt pain like we feel. And he came and he died on a cross because he loved you. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. Whosoever believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And I'm here to tell you today, and maybe you haven't made that step, but today's the, the day to make that step in your life about finding a relationship with Jesus Christ and if you're here and you feel under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and you say something's tugging at my heart I'm going to tell you that that's not me speaking that's the Holy Spirit talking to you and he's saying and he's calling you and in your heart you say hey I want to know and I want to have this relationship with Jesus Christ anywhere in the building with all heads bowed all eyes closed anywhere in the building just lift a hand up anybody in the building I'll tarry just a moment I'll tarry just a moment all right all right keep your heads bowed maybe you've been in a, a waiting pattern maybe you've been like the children of Israel you feel like you're just circling around the, the wall over and over and as you circle that wall, it seems like that that thing that's in front of you seems to get taller and taller. And you say, hey, I need the Lord to give me strength right now. I, I really need the Lord to just, just basically just help me out right now. And if that's you, anybody in the building, lift your hand. Anybody in the building. Come on, don't miss your moment. Thank you, thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Come on, hands going up. Thank you. Hands going up all across the building right now. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This is what I want to do. I'm, I'm going to ask if, if, I, if the prayer team can come down here right now. I'm, we're going to do this today. Is it? feel like we need to do this. If you're part of the prayer team, come on down. Come on down. Thank you. I want, if you raise your hand and you say, hey, I'm, I'm tired and I, I, need, I need strength. And the reason I ask them to come down here is you're not in this alone. And, and we're, no one's going to make fun of you. No one's going to ask you what, what's going on in your life. We just want to pray with you. We want to encourage you today. I'm going to do something. I want to ask you to take a step of faith today. If you raise your hand, come on. Would you be man or woman enough to say, hey, you know what? I, I'm willing to take a step down there and, 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 and seek the Lord because it's more than just me raising my hand, but God, I'm willing to step across. I'm willing to go at the offensive. Maybe that's you. Come on down. Come on. Come on, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Thank you. Thank you. Someone's got to break the ice. Come on. Come on. There was more of you. Come on. Thank you. Thank you. 
coming from the balcony. Come on. Come on, there's more of you. Come on, there's more of you. Say, oh, I don't want to be embarrassed. I promise you we're not doing this to embarrass you. There's, there's moments where I, I need to be down here sometimes, and I need to, to ask God to help me, to give me strength. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe you're struggling in your life, and you're struggling with believing in the Lord, and maybe you've had, you've had doubts. Can I tell you this? You are His child, and He loves you. And he's called you by name, and all you have to do is just simply trust him. Trust him. Amen. Church, will you do this with me? Will you stand to your feet? Come on, all across this building. They're going to sing a song. And as they're ministering to these people, we're going to worship. And just surrender to him. Come on. I'll sing it out, church.
more time. Sing it out, church. Come on, one more time. God is transforming lives and God is moving. Come on, stretch your hands this way. I just want to leave you with a blessing. I will have Jenna come up. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift his countenance upon you and give you peace. Come on and give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Amen. What a good word. I want to take this opportunity to just welcome the guests we have this morning. You look awesome. Thank you for coming and worshiping with us. If you are a guest, we have connect cards in the back of our seats. If you take the time to fill that out and take it to our welcome center, we have a gift we'd like to give you this morning. It's just our way of connecting with you and reaching out and getting to know you. We are very proud of our family that we have here, and we'd love to make you part of that. We won't spam you or drive you crazy. We just want to get to know you. Um, just a couple quick announcements, and I will then tell you a little bit about offering. So this week, we just want to remind you that we have a few things going on. So Wednesday night, we have Drive-In Kids Church at 7 o'clock outside. Our kids love that, and it's for our whole family. Oh, no, no kids service. No, thank you, Eric. No kids rock service this Wednesday, no. There is youth, though. There's youth. Yep, so no kids rock, but there is 7th to 12th grade Ignite service at 7 o'clock. And I'm assuming everything else is happening, yeah. Ladies, uh, there is Zoom at 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. Men online at 7 o'clock on Tuesday. So all of that stuff is happening, just no drive-in. Um, so as, our, as usual, everything's going on, but no kids rock. Um, for offering, we're going to do what we normally do. 
Um, we won't be passing the buckets around, but there is buckets right outside the door. There's lots of ways to give. You can give today on your way out. You can give online. We also have a kiosk at the Welcome Center. We can swipe your card or you can text and give online as well. So be blessed. We're so thankful that you're here. Have a great Sunday.